0: even when we are asked to build something custom, it's rare that we're, you know, literally custom writing everything, we're still standing on the shoulders of giants, we always talk about how we're even going to borrow tooling from whoever's doing it the best. Sometimes that means like identity services for like, logging in, you know, we don't need to recreate the wheel of managing users and resetting passwords and all that kind of stuff. So we'll will bring in other tooling that does that already. And it may even provide more benefit. The
1: big question is, how can you fix and transform your organization's most important foundation, your software, into an asset which allows you to become better every single day? Each department is at its best when it can smoothly, efficiently, and productively operate. And to do that, you need to pay attention to the lifeblood of your organization your software. The custom software creation geniuses at Architect Now are presenting this podcast as a way to help leaders think more strategically about their software and to roadmap what needs to happen in order to be at the top of their game. No, this podcast is not going to scramble your brain by talking about DevOps or API calls. Our goal on this show is to make you better by giving you the high-level insights that you need so you can better make decisions that will not only be cost-effective, but will help your team on an intangible level as well as a technical one. Welcome to Newsflash, your software company. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Newsflash. You're a software company. I am one of your hosts, Corey Durkin, and along with me are Mr. Alex Will, Mr. Kevin Gross Niklaus, and Mr. Don Meyer of Architect Now. There is no space between architect and now, it's just architect now. One word, a whole lot of solutions. And today we're going to be talking about building versus buying. When you're looking at the software that you currently have for your business or your organization, uh, whether you're looking at the software that's a potential Potential buy for you down the road, something that you want to imp, uh, implement, something you want to integrate into your day-to-day workflow. You're having a lot of internal dialogue, uh, sometimes in your own mind as you're terrified about the prospect of going down that road. And sometimes you're thinking about looking at uh, the, these long whiteboarded conversations with your IT departments and your internal folks trying to understand what the path forward is. And I think that it's a very fascinating discussion about What the technology has brought us in going into 2022, uh, in terms of what's available that can be customized off the shelf and and kind of with a few tweaks, be something that is able to be made into a very robust uh, technology piece for your business that doesn't involve building something from the ground up necessarily, as it did in 2005 and 2010. So as we start the conversation, talk to me a little bit about the idea of what it means to build versus buy software and kind of that new paradigm shift that we're looking at um, with what's available today.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is something we get asked about a lot. Uh, so it's it's exciting to talk about it, and we've got a lot of of information that we think is beneficial to people, but they might not think about today. They might not have even been in this mindset uh, recently, and it, it could just be coming to the forefront because of where they are. Maybe they have something that they want to do they haven't done before, or they've got custom software that they're thinking about modernizing, or they they doesn't fit what they do anymore. We get I and mean, we have customers that come to us and say, "I want to sell a widget, and, and I want to." put on an online storefront, just like Amazon or something like that. They've got some frame of reference. And in those scenarios, it's such a common need. So many people have done those things before and solved that problem. There are great solutions out there. That is a definite buy situation. We point them at you should consider a Spotify or a Magento or an Amazon storefront. You may not need any software development expertise. You, You can buy these tools. There are companies that will just tweak them and customize them and add a at a theme on top of them, make them look like your storefront with your logo and your color and your message, and and then give you the access to the backend to upload your catalog and sell them. So it's a very easy discussion in that scenario. If you're buying a, if if your need is to track customers, like a customer relationship management, a CRM tool, there are Salesforce, there's Dynamics, there's lots of off-the-shelf tools, and there's I mean, those are maybe two of the more known ones, but there's hundreds below them that serve niche industries. You can go grab one of those tools and, and be off to the races. Now, is that going to be a perfect fit for you? Maybe your business is you know, somewhat custom that you've got some secret sauce or workflow that you do that doesn't fit those tools. Uh, in the past, you may have had to you know, come to a software development company, hire your own developers, or somehow have somebody build something from scratch that solved your problem and, and put you in a position to where your secret sauce, your proprietary thing that you did was automated. You don't really, for the most part, there are people that need to do that, but for the most part, today, uh, the industry is is saturated with industry-specific, uh, workflow-specific tools that you can find that are very open and extensible. You may be able to just grab and customize. So if you come to me and say, build this from the ground up, I'd say, have you looked for other options? Is there something that is close? Is there something that's 80%? If it's 80%, save your money. We will help get you across the finish line to the 100%? Or if it's 80%, are you willing to bend a little bit, save your money, and just modify your workflow to fit that 80% and be done?
1: And and to put this in a more specific context, if you're thinking about, let's let's use an example that everybody knows, right? A CRM, a customer relationship manager. Uh, There are tons of them, Salesforce, HubSpot, uh, honey, there's 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 a million of them, and if you if you're a business that's thinking about needing to implement a new CRM or updating your old one that was custom built and is now on its last legs, um, if all you know are the couple of big CRMs and you have no idea that there could be a customized solution for your specific industry Uh, and a a good example could be the wine industry, right? So you have uh, wine sales reps that are selling to retailers and are selling to restaurants and hotels. And so their CRM and the data that has to be captured and, and sent back to logistics in their CRM is very different from, say, someone that works for a, a big tech company that is putting together a bunch of data, hardware infrastructure, building a big network center somewhere. Uh, so, you know, the the, the CEO of this uh, fictional wine company is thinking about, okay, uh, I, I know that CRMs exist. I know there's Salesforce. I know there's HubSpot. Um, what is the process that 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 CEO or, or whomever that decision-maker is, is should go through in order to kind of find out what's available to them before making a decision, because there could be, for all we know, a niche CRM that could be tweaked a little bit and be a hundred percent customized. As you said, it's 80% of the way there. And then architect now comes in and makes it a hundred percent. And now you're off to the races. But if you don't know where to look, how do you, Uh, recommend kind of starting that process?
2: There's no, I mean, I guess the answer to that may differ based on the industry, but a lot of of commonality would be your peers, uh, industry events. Uh, I hate to just fall back to a, a basic internet Google search, but that is very common in our world. Somebody comes to us, we sit down, they're a startup or they're a business that has need and they say, hey, this is my need. I'm a, I'm a, wine distributor and i i have my own access database here that i'm tracking my customers and my product in and i I need to move beyond it what's next we may just pop up in that meeting you know open up google and do a search and we're like well there's 10 different tools here that sound exactly like they might meet your needs now do those customers know enough to to you know right there in that meeting for me to just throw those names of those tools out there and the capabilities and is that going to fit your business no there's probably some more research that needs done are there uh, today those many of the people that are selling tools like that and continuing the crm train of thought here are very open and extensible customizable so even if like i said it's 80 or 90 percent or 50 percent, we may start there and grow now would the the ceo of a wine distributor know is this the best tool for me there's some research and some and you know somebody's got to sit down and actually compare what you do today versus the features that this tool offers. Is it going to be a good long-term solution? Is the cost make sense? Do they charge, you know, there's the financials, what's the cost? Is it per user, per month, per, you know, whatever the dial is that that vendor makes their money. But presumably that vendor is making money by solving a problem for, instead of one winery, they're selling a, product across thousands of wine distribution people and they've solved the same problem so many times their cost is much lower than it would be if you know one customer just hired a whole bunch of carpenters to come in and custom build a thing for them and it's better to hire a carpenter just to add on you know change some fixtures in something that you pre-buy for a fixed cost so
1: and going back to one of our earlier discussions in an earlier episode you know it's kind of that idea of swishing your mindset from capital expenditures, meaning I spend X amount of money and get this software that I now own and sits on a hard drive in a server somewhere versus operational expenditures, which is I am constantly tweaking. Uh, uh, you know, I have a capable IT uh, support system that is constantly updating our infrastructure to be the latest and greatest with security flaws and, and uh, all the kind of stuff that happens in the fast paced world of tech uh, these days. Um, It's really about that paradigm shift, where your your analogy of building the custom house, you know, if you're stuck in the 2005 software digital infrastructure mentality, you're thinking that's your only way out of whatever mess you're currently in, or whatever, paradise you want to be in. So being able to just have the the solution presented that hey, maybe you don't need to build a whole thing from the ground up um, is kind of a shock, I would imagine, to a lot of clients, right?
2: It is. It's a different, it's a different frame of mind. And oddly, the, a big part of our business is helping people write custom software, but it's it's becoming less where it's an all or nothing thing. It's very, I can go buy an expensive car, and the minute I pay for that, car, I pay up front, you know, whether I finance it or not, you know, I'm now a car owner. I'm responsible for the maintenance and the upkeep and the oil changes. And if something goes wrong and the warranties and yeah. for years to come, I, I, I try to judge how long do I really want this car and how long is it going to be a value to me? I could lease the car, put the onus on someone else to do all of that. And then at some point, I if I decide there's a better car, I walk away from my lease and I get the next car. And we haven't used the the acronym or the term yet, but it's really in our industry, it's just software as a service. I want to rent your software. You handle all the security. You handle all the bug fixes, the features. You're selling it to me, but you're also selling that same software to thousands of, of companies like me that, that also benefit from your features. And I I don't have to worry about it. I don't stay up at night. I just benefit from using it. And if I find a better tool five years or a year, whatever the time frame might be, you know, I might, it might be a little impactful if I have to export data and put it into a new tool, but you know, it can be done And it could be a matter of days. It could be a matter of hours to do something like that, but I could just start using a new tool and I have not really wasted any more money than the quote unquote rent or the licenses that I've paid you monthly or yearly, if that's how you pay, but over the last X number of years that I've used your tool.
1: And when we're talking about the implementation of these new tools, right, the data being imported into a new CRM or a new way of invoicing customers with a brand new ERP migration, what are some of the challenges that can exist for an organization if they simply grab one of those themselves, one of those customized solutions themselves, um, and just Plop it in without taking the time to really integrate this new tool with all of the other tools in their digital infrastructure that still exist, and quite frankly, may not be as up to date as this new solution. What, what, what kind of what kind of problems do they run into in that kind of scenario?
2: It's hard to say. It's uh, using our own company as an example. We've used the same time entry system for twelve years. Uh, we started the company, and we, we there was an online option to use time entry and. 12 years have went by we've never really looked around seriously about anything else if we switched we would want to make the decision do we even care about history could you know we just keep paying for the old system and just the data is there and, you know starting at january 1 or whatever date we use the new system so there may be very little uh, concern about moving that data depending on what you're doing uh, the industry today, most people that sell software online, if that's their business, they're very, it's, it's a much different world. They're very open with, mm-hmm. in terms of providing access to import and export data in common formats like Excel or you know, a CSV file. They're very uh, API friendly, developer friendly. Companies like Architect Now and what we do, we can we can move data from your old system to your new system with very little friction. Uh, that was never the case five or ten years ago because those systems didn't have these points of integration. So, the the hurdle that you might think is in front of you might not be as tall as your initial thought. We can you can come to somebody like us and say, "Hey, I'm just switching CRM. I'm going from a HubSpot to a Salesforce. Great. You know that could be a few days of work moving data. That's not a major shift. Now. They have different features and different pricing and things like that. So you'd have to consider that outside of this. But if you just wanted data to go from point A to point B, that could be done. You know, th- That's not a hurdle that we would consider insurmountable.
1: And when you're thinking about build versus buy, gentlemen, and you're kind of considering the options that are available, I think that for, for, for anybody that's listening to this episode and is thinking about, okay, well, I have let's say 10 different pieces of software. Um, and some of them have may have been custom built and they, you know, the organization owns them outright. Others may be sort of that operational expenditure model. Um, but they're going, wait a second, I can lease my software and always go with the latest and greatest without a whole lot of headache. Other than a CRM, what are some examples of those kinds of switches that could really make a difference in a company's uh, digital infrastructure. What what are some other pieces of technology that you see uh, as worthy of looking at when it comes to saying, Hey, we might want to think about flipping the paradigm on its head for our logistics department or our, you know, give me some examples of of, of what that could look like.
0: If you're looking at a whole product, Uh, there may be one category of answers. If you're a little more technical oriented, there may be a different category. So from our perspective um, and how we typically operate day to day, we're always looking for opportunities to not have to build something, even a small service, let's say from scratch, if technically this already exists in the marketplace and is being kept up and secured by some other group of experts that specializes in that. So we typically do this with like outbound email. If we want to trigger emails to go out based on something that we are custom building, we don't have to build our own whole email integration service from scratch, yep. right? There's lots of plugins or APIs available that we'll integrate with. We'll sort of outsource that. They specialize in doing that. We're just connecting these various tools together. Same thing with um, managing logging, or payment infrastructure. You know, we don't want to be on the hook for managing like, you know, uh, personal, you know, financial information. Right, encrypting all of that, keeping it uh, secured, and all of those different things. We use tools that other companies specialize in uh, building, securing, keeping up to date, all those different things. You know, they make updates. We may have to adjust a little bit, but it's far less work than us advancing those tools, keeping up, you know, all of the underlying infrastructure. So those are kind of small examples from a more technical developer perspective that we still embody, you know, day to day, even when we are asked to build something custom, it's rare that we're, you know, literally custom writing everything. We're still standing on the shoulders of giants. We always talk about how we're even gonna borrow tooling from whoever's doing it the best. Sometimes that means like identity services for like logging in, you know, we don't need to recreate the wheel of managing users and resetting passwords and all that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll bring in other tooling that does that already. Um, And it may even provide more benefit because it provides the opportunity for single sign on experiences across other platforms that you may already have, right? So instead of having, I have a user account for this tool, a separate one for this tool, a separate one for that one, you're actually making your entire ecosystem more secure by using one identity provider that's integrated across all of them, right? Um, but there are other more just product-oriented categories that are of the sort of ERP style that, um, you know, if you, if you just have workflows where you have people that enter data And there may be triggers that take place on certain actions. Um, It doesn't matter if you're a wine, you know, manufacturing company that sells to whomever. It doesn't matter if you manage relationships with union carpenters. It doesn't matter, you know, what doesn't matter what you're doing largely, but you still have humans that collect data, enter it centrally into some tool that, you know, outbound actions take place on, right? So there are lots of tools that you can go in and say, cool, here's the data that we're going to be entering. Here's the different properties. And at at stages in this workflow that we know and can define, we want action A to take place in this scenario. And we want action B to take place in this scenario. And more and more, the marketplace of options of what those actions can be are are growing expansively. So it could be something as simple as generate a PDF as an invoice. It could be as complicated as send all of this data to a totally different product via API through this integration network, and it's going to land in some other platform, and they're going to do calculation or manipulation on it. And there's other stuff that happens, right? But there's a lot of space in between there where, again, we're not manually writing this functionality from scratch. There's lots of little micro tools that we as developers know the power of because we're building the from scratch version also for certain customers for which this does not work.
1: We've been talking about buying in the sense of You know, you can grab software off the shelf, make a few tweaks, connect a couple of different micro tools, and your system is running beautifully uh, where each section of your system is being managed and has been created by a company that is an expert in that field, whether it's encryption, identity logging, um, you know, patient file access, whatever it may be. What are the scenarios or what are a couple of the scenarios where um, architect now might say to a client, hey, what you are looking for is is very complex is not necessarily something that's really off the shelf, and it would make more sense to build this from the ground up Um, when it when are the times. I know it's a very general question, uh, but w- w- when are some examples of, of of times where that becomes the best move forward?
2: I think everybody, a lot of people think they have their secret sauce, right? They do something that's just so much outside the norm. So sometimes we do have to, we we can do it if that's really their, their leverage in their industry. But I think Don was right that a lot of times it isn't build versus buy in a black and white sense. It's an integrate question we can take a bunch of these if what they're doing somebody fills out a paper form and they drop it off in an office we can scan that paper form and read all the text that they wrote there's we can send texts and in, in we can look at people the gps on their phone the accelerometer on their phone there's so much technology that goes into everything everybody does every day we can piece it together now there might not be a central system that does exactly what they want but we could take all of these integration points all of these little automations and say we can solve your problem it isn't going to be us from scratch, we're just going to pull this in, pull this in, pull this in and go. But the, I mean, if we can do GPS mapping, I can tell you the shortest distance, you know, I can, if you're sending people out on the road in their delivery, you know, they're, you know, akin to an Amazon delivery driver, I could tell you the shortest distance from the, the warehouse to a person's house. So there's things that will make your business better through technology that we can piece together. Even if there's logic and rules and and steps in the middle that are specific to you, we can custom write those. So we, we're not saying just 100% buy something and we'll we'll make minor changes. We'll paint the wall a different color if you like it, and but basically you're getting the same house. We it, it's a little different technology. We can pull together all kinds of of high tech, you know, efficient things to make your business process to make your employees better, add value to your customers. I think that means more than People think when they come to us that, hey, your customer would really like it if your product did this thing because it's a it's a headache for you and them. So why don't we add that to your product and it's something you might not have known existed. There's there's things I can automate mailing postcards. We can generate images on postcards and have them sent automatically without people sitting down and stuffing envelopes, right? There are companies that outsource that you know, through technology that it's a random example, but we've actually done something similar for a customer. Where you know that they were spending a lot of money to, to do that with labor in their own office, and we're able to make it an automated process.
1: So, well, I think that that's a really interesting idea to look at, which is, hey, if if you if you're a, a an organization that is operating in a certain way right now, and you were to map out all of the things you do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, and then you were to go to a company that is, you know, the the tech geniuses of uh, the new millennia, uh, aka the three gents that are on this podcast with me right now. And you were to say to Architect now, hey, listen, here are the 47 things that our org does every single day, week, month, year. This is the process. This is what it takes. Uh, This is what it costs us to do this. Well, if I bring that question to you, I'm not a tech genius. I don't know the ins and outs. I'm not uh, clear on the updates in off-the-shelf software and all these micro tools that can be connected. You might say to me, hey, listen, we could take 30 or maybe even 40% of what you just mapped out for us that you and your team does every single quarter, and we could reduce that with a series of micro tools connected and some triggers here and a little bit of code here. And none of it involves the 2005 whiplash of having to custom build a piece of software, but it's just that we are on the leading edge, meaning architect now, because you are on the leading edge of understanding what is available, you're able to pull all of that together and really create immense changes in productivity, efficiency, um, sales numbers, uh, w- whatever the goals are of an organization. Isn't that right?
2: No, it's exactly, I mean, that's the discussion we want to have. You don't even need it. I mean, you may have staff internally that can that can implement this stuff, but maybe just getting some advice from a company like us that says, this is what we would consider. We've solved this problem. Here's some tools or a platform that we use to do it. Go look at these things, right? It's just getting that extra set of eyes that says that you, you're, I won't say you're doing it wrong, but you're doing it the hard way. And that that is probably what we tell people the most. The the way you're going about your business right now is harder and more costly and more error prone than it needs to be. Here are some things to consider to make you better at what you do. And when a company really embraces that feedback, it makes their employees happier. It It makes their customers happier because there's better ways. And technology plays a huge, huge part in that, right? They're just better tools available to do what you do. Uh, don't, don't do things the hard way. Nobody likes working somewhere where everything is done the hard way. They like the uh, the easy, reportable, repeatable, uh, solve a problem, have happy customers, have happy employees. That's the, the way it should be. And it's not always that way, but most people are wanting to move in that direction.
1: A hundred percent. And I think that the uh, ability or the willingness, I should say, to explore those questions is what's going to separate um, the wheat from the chaff in the coming years, because it's going to be the people that are willing to say, hey, listen, um, we might be a little bit behind uh, technologically, and it might be time for us to branch out and look at some other ways that we could do things better. Um, and that kind of reminds me of the good uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins, that book where he talks about, you know, wh- what's going to really separate you and turn you into uh, a rock star uh, team organization, whatever it may be. So um, I think that's a great place to leave this episode. And I think that's a great understanding of what's possible. Again, all of this is incredibly customized to each client scenario, their goals, their ideas, uh, and 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 their vision for what, they want to do with their organization moving forward. But I think just the, the knowledge that there is an incredible amount of off-the-shelf tools and micro tools that can be taken off the shelf, to continue with that analogy, uh, and with a little bit of work and uh, a whole lot of tech genius uh, behind it to be able to connect it all and say, here's your brand new system. It's going to work better than ever before and it's not going to break the bank um, the way it might have uh, a a decade ago. Well, I think that's a great place to leave this episode, You know, this idea of build versus buy and really taking the time to look at what's possible uh, in 2022 and beyond. There are so many more tools, so many more systems, so many micro tools that only geniuses like yourselves would know, uh, how to work them all behind the scenes, connect them all and make it worth your while so much more impactful than sitting back and saying, I have to build a giant custom software piece from the ground up. Not that that's not a possibility for some people. And certainly there are customizable solutions that um, are only solved by that type of foray uh, into the software wilderness. But um, I think that your ability to kind of open people's minds up to the possibilities of being able to take something off the shelf Make a few tweaks, kind of, you know, as you said, Kevin, have an 80% of the way their software and then push them over the finish line and have a client go, you know, that was a lot less painful than I thought it was going to be, which, Ultimately, is what you're looking to accomplish because not only do you want the software to work, but you want data to be imported. You want that new tool to talk to all the other tools that currently exist. And I think that that's a really powerful way to think about this. So, this is Newsflash, your software company, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, gentlemen. This podcast is presented to you by Architect Now. Whether launching new cloud or mobile apps or modernizing your legacy platforms, Architect Now can help you identify the best options and work with you to bring those ideas to life. If you like the information in this podcast, we can assure you it is only a fraction of the actionable wisdom and insights you will gain by talking to the team at Architect Now. To learn more and start a conversation, visit us on the web at www.architectnow.net. We'll see you on the next episode of the Newsflash You're a Software Company podcast.